Welcome to Season 4 of the Art of Teaching podcast. I'm Matthew Green and I'm so grateful that you joined me today. Before we get started, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to all of you that have subscribed, listened and reviewed the episodes. I really do appreciate you taking the time. Today I have the great pleasure of sharing a recent conversation that I had with Rowan Dredge and Mike Hardy. I've known Rowan for close to 25 years and he has been one of the most significant leaders and mentors in my life. I have more recently been introduced to Mike and I instantly felt drawn to his work. Mike and Rowan are the founders of Four Leaders Global, an organisation that specialises in building sustainable and high-performing cultures and help technical experts become people leaders. They also both host the amazing Four Leaders Global podcast. I'll leave links to these resources in the show notes. We covered a lot of ground in this episode, including how they define leadership and why this concept has evolved over the years. What are some of the unchangeable aspects of leadership? Why we shouldn't, in the words of Jim Rowan, wish for things to be easier, but we should wish to be better. And how we can and must build self-reflection into our daily lives. We talked about so much in this wide-ranging interview, and I'm honoured to get to introduce you to Rowan and Mike today. Mike Hardy and Rowan Dredge, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to have a chat with me. So good to be with you. We're excited, Matt. Looking forward to it. Fantastic. I have been uh, fans of yours for a really, really long time. Uh, your podcast is a constant source of inspiration. So thank you for everything uh, that you are doing to invest uh, in the leadership community. But quite possibly the most important question to get started, uh, what is your coffee order? Wow. Uh, that is that is a very big question and it would have to be double shot, flat white or a, yeah, if I'm, if I'm bold, a double shot. Uh, piccolo but it never sounds as good as rowan's order what's yours row <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm curious to hear how yeah. michael describes my order well i quit you know how some people quit sugar i quit milk uh four years ago i'm straight up double espresso with a little bit of hot water on top and uh, uh that's it mike's agreeing that's the one because <laughs> we travel and work together so he's heard that a fair few times uh, yeah, I just love good, strong black coffee. Fantastic. And, Rose, some of my fondest memories are uh, grabbing a coffee with you in Sutherland many, many years ago. And uh, it's nice to see that you've moved on from the uh, caramel lattes with sprinkles on the top. Uh, so it's, it's, it's good to see that you are now an espresso man. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Um, and I know that, uh, you know, know I'll, that note, I'll, I'll, I'll note that our listeners, uh, for our listeners, that Matt did say he'd edit some things out. So maybe uh, maybe the fact that you you just told everyone I had, car- I suppose you're going to tell them I drank soy milk then too, because that's also true, isn't it? So It is true. It is <laughs> it true. Is true. <laughs> um, that's how it's funny. Uh, Mike, uh, just wondering, what is a book? Uh, I can see uh, on your background there, there's a number of books. Uh, but what is a book that you have read uh, that has caused you to rethink a few things? Ooh, wow. That's, um, that's a great question. Just one book? Oh, gosh. Um, I would have to say, I mean, the first book that comes to my mind is The 100X Leader, which is uh, part of what we actually deliver in our um, leadership programs. Absolutely. Um, but the big idea of it is uh, 100 is 
the percentage of health and the X is your intentional multiplication and development of others. Yeah. Uh, that book was a really, really great kind of recent in the last, you know, three years read that um, it's very powerful, very insightful, but a book that really got me thinking some years ago uh, was probably uh, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, that his his concepts his his books Malcolm Gladwell books are really great because they really stretch your brain and they challenge your assumptions yeah. on so many things and I have um, you know you grow up with your kind of concrete thoughts and ideas about how the world works and then someone comes along and says something that kind of makes you go whoa 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 hang on a second that's outside of the frame of what I'm used to yeah and I think learning to think differently has been really great for communication really great for connecting with people and that book and his books in general have been really great in that way. Uh, Rowan, what about yourself? I, I think um, when you're a reader, I think you have the incredible privilege of being able to go back and look at the markers in your life along the way. Yeah, wow. So I can go all the way back to, and you know, our, obviously our lane is, is leadership. I picked up a book in the early nineties by an author called John Maxwell, and it was called developing the leader within you. Yeah. And I finished it, felt like it could fly around the, around the room and didn't know why. It resonated so deeply with me that I, I just wanted to be what he was talking about in that book. I wanted to understand it. I wanted to make sense of it. And that began the quest of, of understanding even more about leadership and then tumbled into the late 90s. I read a book called Overcoming the Dark Side of Leadership, which, which is like if, if, if John Maxwell is the, the sugar, then this was the spice, right? The yin and the yang. It, and it just, it was all about where you might actually undo your leadership. But more recently, more recently, um, uh, Brene Brown, been really enjoying that. Um, Angela Duckworth, Grit. And I'm currently reading Cal Newport's book, Deep Work. And for yeah. somebody that's easily distracted with multiple tabs open and a whole heap of different things going on, it's been very challenging and very useful. Wow. Uh, Rowan, I remember years ago uh, walking into your office and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember there being multiple copies of John Maxwell's work uh, on your bookcase. And I remember walking in and this would have been, gosh, 20 years ago could have been and I remember looking at one of the books and you I can't remember which John Maxwell book it was but I remember you giving me one and just saying read this and I uh, consumed that thing and read it from cover to cover multiple times and I always found that interesting that you you bought multiple copies of books was that to give it away or to invest was that to invest into other people or did you just like having a full bookcase what was what was the purpose behind that hey it's funny you should say that because literally to 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 my right as we speak, I've got eight copies of a book to give away. So I'm still doing it. And uh, we've been, uh, because we're in the process of moving house, we've actually been uh, um, minimalizing the uh, amount of things that we've collected over the years. And, and, and my wife, Megan, is like, here's another copy of that book. Here's another copy of that book. Here's another copy of that book. And wow. I've, I've actually got, I buy multiple copies of books I believe in and I give them away. Um, I've also got a whole shelf dedicated to John Maxwell books because he had such a, a seminal impact on me. I've met him three times uh, and, uh, and I'd, love, I'd, I'd love there to be a fourth, uh, John, if you're listening. And uh, just, uh, just to, to be able to keep uh, grabbing a hold of, of, of the work that people, that people do. I suppose also, you know, Matt, I'd say 
as you lead for longer periods of time, you meet authors. Mm. And Mike and I are both um, talking about writing books uh, as well. And when somebody's brave enough to put their thoughts into words and then publish them, I think that's worth supporting. I think that's really worth um, getting behind and leaning into. And and so you know, I'm 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 a big believer in a in a uh, a robust personal library, and uh, yeah. I love it. I Absolutely. Love it. And uh, Rowan, just out of interest, what are the eight copies of books on your bookshelf that you're about to give away to people? Oh, actually, it's a, it's a book um, by uh, Jenny Catron called Clout. It's a, it's a, it's a, I'm about to do a post on social media um, that'll be done by the time this gets published. So don't, don't, don't all, all, all jump on board, but uh, I'm, I'm going to, it's a, it's actually a faith-based book and it's a, and it's directed at, um, at female leaders. So I'm, I'm just going to ask people to nominate a handful of uh, emerging female leaders, and I'm going to post them the book at my expense. Sounds wonderful. As a, uh, a proud dad to two very independent, strong-willed daughters, um, I'm uh, extremely passionate about developing female leaders, and it's it, it's so important. And uh, yeah, can't wait to uh, can't wait to read read the book and follow your your post. Um, you Mike, uh, just wondering. How do you define the term leadership? And maybe this would be a great opportunity to talk about some of the amazing work that uh, yourself and Rowan uh, are engaged in. Yeah, well, I mean, Rowan just mentioned uh, John Maxwell then. I read the same books. As as a matter of fact, I actually read one of my first leadership books was his second book, which was Developing the Leaders Around You. And then I found the first one uh, and I did the same thing. I devoured it. But one of the things that he uh, was quite well known for expression was expressing was simplifying leadership down into the, just that phrase that leadership is influence. And so that can be positive or negative. It's your, the ability to have some kind of influence on other people in the direction that they are going to go. And so uh, that's a great little simple definition, but the, the metaphor that we love to talk about is that of a Sherpa. And so uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Sherpa people on Mount Everest, and they are these like superhuman people. Yeah. And we use this metaphor in our leadership training uh, with teams a lot to basically say what's amazing about these people is in the West, when we think of Mount Everest, we think about going there to climb the mountain and where the heroes, you know, who climb the mountain and go, yay, I climbed the mountain. But if you were to ask one of the Sherpa people, hey, how many times have you climbed the mountain? That's a strange question to them because they're not so interested in how many times they have personally climbed the mountain. They are fundamentally about how many people have I helped summit? Yeah. Wow. And so that picture of leadership uh, is is an amazing metaphor and picture of what it means to really be a a, what we would describe as a servant leader, yeah. you're fundamentally helping other people get where they need to go and achieve their goals. And so we have to learn to acclimatize to the mountain as if we're going to be like Sherpas and we have to do our job well. So you've got to become you know, excellent at what you do, but then this is why leadership's hard. You then have to help other people do their job well and get up the mountain. And so fundamentally we say there's two primary aspects to that, which is, um, people need high support and they need high challenge. Yeah, And that's exactly what Sherpas do. Uh, they provide high support and high challenge. And if we do that as leaders, then we're going to fundamentally help people achieve what they need to do. Do you think the notion of leadership is changing? The short answer is yes, of course. And that's not 
but I don't think that's new news to people. I think as we look back over the way cultures changed, we look back over the way technology has changed, we look back over the way uh, the, the, the balancing out of, of genders in the workforce has changed. Like it's all um, emerging uh, demographics. So we've got boomers, Xs, uh, millennials, Gen, 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 Gen Zs, all emerging. So, you know, there's a, there's a sense in which um, the, the easiest answer is, of course, it's changing. The hardest answer, I think the harder answer is, well, in what ways, how do we respond to it and how do we lead effectively in it? Yeah. Yeah. And people know the big, one of the biggest changes has gone from command control top down to consultative, engaged, more embracing styles of leadership. But again, I would argue, Matt, that that's actually a little bit too simplistic in and of itself as well. I actually think, as Mike just referred to, support challenge, I actually think where leadership is moving to is where we're increasingly capable of calibrating being a directive leader and being an inclusive leader. We're increasingly capable and able to calibrate where we're helping people feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves. They're becoming who they're supposed to be, but they're also selflessly giving themselves away and being challenged. Yeah. Wow. And I think, I think, I think that uh, if we lean too far towards one is, you know, in our, in our view too far towards challenge, we end up being overly directive and dominant. If we live, if we are too far towards inclusivity and engagement you know, some people may argue that you can't, but then you end up spinning your wheels a little bit. You end up yeah. feeling like we're having discussions and making no decisions, but we're looking, what we're actually looking for, the real art is calibrating those two. So people feel stretched, people feel excited, people feel confident, and people feel like they're bringing their, their best selves to work. And I think the future of leadership is the art of calibrating those two things. Wow. It, it seems like in many ways a quite a balancing act to try and get both of them right and holding them in this tension. I think it's, it's, uh, it seems uh, a quite, um, is it a challenge? Do you it's think? It's way more than attention. It's way yeah, more wow. than attention. And it's something that leaders need to give up feeling like they've got to get right every day. It's wow. not a bullseye that needs to be hit. It's an equilibrium that we need to keep. That's really what I think we're looking at because there's times in conversation where you simply say to people, listen, this is what I need you to do. And then there's times in conversation with, look, you've got a lot of experience in this. What are your thoughts on it? And how can I help? It literally happens 50, 100, 150 times a day when you're, when you're leading. I think, but if I was to, if I was to put something out there, I would be calling our leaders educational or otherwise to say you've got to calibrate that sense of support and challenge. You've got to calibrate that sense of being directive and being inclusive, or as I call it, circles and triangles. Circles are where sh- power is shared. Yeah. Triangles is where there's someone at the top telling us what to do, and we need both. Yeah. The reason isn't we need one more than the other. The problem we normally have uh, is when we use the wrong one at the wrong time. We need to be more supportive, but we're more challenging. We need to be more challenging, but we're more supportive. It goes wrong at that point, not not necessarily at any other point. Yeah, fascinating. That's so interesting. Thank you so much, Ron, for uh, unpacking that. And um, 
I just wanted to uh, just put a quote out there for both um, uh, Mike uh, and Ro and just wanted to get your thoughts. And it's a quote by uh, Jim Rohn. It says, don't wish for things to be easier, wish for you to be better. Um, I can see Rowan is very uh, excited that we have used that quote. Uh, Mike, what does Total that hero. Mean, Yeah, what does that mean to you? And uh, also, uh, why is that uh, now more significant than ever? What it means to me, first of all, I must say, is that the person I've heard say that quote the most is Rowan. So he, he I hear him quote it almost every time we present together at some yeah. point. Uh, because it's a it's a huge, there's a lot in it. It sounds like a cute little catchphrase yeah. until you really reflect on it and go, wow, okay. I think the idea of better is sometimes we think um, better would be easy. Mm. But life is hard. And, and we often will say when we're working with teams or organizations, we'll say, you know what? If you think leadership is going to be easy or it's going to mean, you know, it's going to be simpler, then you're not in leadership. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the reality is if you're going to become a liberating leader, someone that really empowers and equips, encourages, you know, brings support and challenge to others, yeah. you got to do the hard work yourself. Absolutely. you got to, you got to do the journey of self-awareness. Yeah. You have to do the journey of uh, learning to apologize and learning to, uh, you know, it, leadership at the end of the day, it's like, I'll go first on the hard stuff. Like yeah. I'll be the one who will do the hard conversation first. We're all going to have a hard conversation at some point, but okay. Oh gosh, this is going to hurt. This is going to be tough. Like I need courage. All right, I'll do it. Yeah. And other people follow that lead and go, okay, that's how you do it. And we don't always get it right, which is why we then say, I'm sorry, I'm working on it. And sometimes we go, oh man, is it worth it? This is a tough job leading sometimes. But I think, you know, if we work on ourselves being better, Absolutely. it serves everybody. It's a win-win. It helps us and it serves the people that have to work with us every day who say, thank you that you've done the hard work yeah. on becoming better at who you are first and what you do. Thank you so much, Mike. And it, it, it really reminds me of, as uh, Rose said before, about the, the work of Brene Brown um, and talking about vulnerability. Um, I know my boss uh, said I must read this book uh, in the school holidays. So that's been my, uh, my homework and it's been transformative. It really has. Um, Rowan, did you have anything else to add to that? Uh, why uh, do you quote that quote more than anyone else? Um, and I'm assuming you're not getting commission for that quote. You're quoting it because you uh, <laughs> truly believe in it. Gosh, I wish I did. So I, you can you can tell easily that I'm like I'm a I'm like a fanboy on certain things, right? I've obviously got yes. uh, I've got a lot of respect for John Maxwell. I got introduced to Jim Rowan again in the early '90s. He's passed. Uh, he passed in 2009. I think one of the 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 better business philosophers in the world and um, very unique human, very unique voice to listen to. Yeah. Uh, my, my, every uh, time we drive long drives in the car, um, my wife and I still pull out his CDs and listen wow. to them. And wow. he's, got a, uh, he's got a teaching series called The Challenge to Succeed and we listen to it. So he's been a mentor of mine I've never met. Wow. And I think what the genius about Jim Rowan is that he's very honest about people's realities, but he wow. expects more from us. That's what I love about him. So he says, don't wish for things to be easier, wish for you to be better. He goes, he just spoke to the human condition. He touches on this idea that, 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 that uh, the possibility inside this current challenge is I might be able to learn something about me or learn something about 
the circumstances or my capability that I'd never had before. And that is gold. And uh, he's just inspired me for years. He still does. I'm, 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 so I'm the guy that, you know, when I'm riding or when I'm walking or when I'm running or when I'm doing something, I put on Jim Rowan and listen to him because, and I'll listen to it over and over again because he's just so inspiring. Yeah, that's really, that's really amazing. I, I read that uh, quote um, and it just really jumped out at me and I thought, wow, like it's so important because it speaks about uh, so much to do with self-reflection and ownership and taking responsibility. And it really, it's really so significant. Um Rowan, I did want to uh, just ask you another question, and this is something which has come up time and time again uh, in your incredible uh, podcast that you both uh, record. And it says, what do you think is on the other side of your leadership? Mm. And I was just wondering, um, what do you think is on the other side of your leadership? And Mike, we're going to come back to you and give you a bit of a time to think about that response. And also, Rowan, sorry, just to add, has that changed over time? Yeah, uh well, it's a, it's a great question. It's actually a, a pretty challenging, um, confronting and liberating question, but let me just give you some context sure for it. Is. Yeah. So our, our work with our consulting partners, Giant Worldwide, uh, has been going for a few years now. And one of the, the introductory question to the leadership experience that we take clients through is, you need to answer the question, what's it like to be on the other side of you? Yeah. And we use this really unique uh, assessment called the five voices that yes. helps people understand what their tendencies are and what the, the underlying thinking is that's behind it and how that works its way out in behaviors yeah. and what consequences that brings and how that creates a, a reality. So it's a really important piece. So that fundamental question, what's it like to be on the other side of you, then gets answered by the five voices assessment and the and then that shows you essentially we we smarten it down to superpowers and kryptonites so my voice order is or my leadership style is future focused high enthusiasm high commitment high energy let's get going let's get it done high ideation creatively solve problems yeah. don't let too many things get in the way why haven't you done what you know what i've been thinking about for two days but never said it like all this sort of stuff goes on in my head yeah that's that that's the superpower the kryptonite would be i'm demanding i've got very low tolerances for for poor performance um i'm triggered by incompetence or perceived incompetence i don't like people not playing team yeah. you know so i can be i can be that that harsh leader at the same time and i've been all of those in my career. And Mike, what about yourself? Well, first of all, we, we joke uh, when we're working with teams about this, that my wife loves that question more than I do. Wow. Interesting. What's it like to be on the other side of you? Because, and, and the, the joke is uh, we all want everybody else to reflect on, Hey, it would be really good if you knew what it was like to be on the other side of you. Totally. Yeah. If, if people were more self-aware and they realized, Hey, we had 10 minutes to talk and you took up all the time or, which is my tendency. Yeah. So I am enthusiastic. I'm passionate. I'm, I'm very relationally wired. I want to engage, but I also feel like I've got lots to give. The problem with that is I can get so caught up in that wow. and so caught up in the ideas that I'm bringing that I can actually walk over other people, um, you know, verbally and not give other people a chance. Cause I, I think that my ideas, my creative concepts and solutions are what you need. 
Yeah, wow. but it can also be overwhelming because I can give too many ideas. I can um, be too passionate, enthusiastic. Yeah, and and if I'm saying something, and let's say I'm having a moment where it's really clear and articulate, someone else can feel like, oh, okay, I don't, oh, maybe I don't think I could talk like that, so I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, wow. and then I just assume that the silence means that they're all in agreement with me and my idea is the best idea. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not great. And that's yeah. not great for team collaboration and engagement. And so yeah. I had to learn that if I can become aware that I can jump in and take over conversations or I can tell a story bigger, louder, more excitedly or enthusiastically than somebody else, that's not going to serve me well. And it definitely doesn't serve other people. Right. And so by reining that back a bit at certain times and knowing, hey, now that I'm aware of that tendency, I've, I've never stopped doing it. Yeah, wow. Like the tendency's hung with me my entire adult life. Yeah. That's the good news and the bad news. You've got a good tendency, hangs with you. You've got a bad tendency, it hangs with you. That's right. But yeah. we actually get to interrupt that pattern of behavior with self-awareness and say, now that I know what it's like to be on the other side of me better, yeah, I can do some things that's going to you know, um, reduce the chance of me undermining my positive influence with my team and others around about me. Yeah, wow, that's so important. And thank you both for your for your honesty and for your transparency. I think it's um, it, it's... That quote re- really made me think and really made me ask that question myself and say, okay, like what is on the other side of my leadership? And also um, to think about how I come across to other people. So it's, um, uh, thank you, like I said, for your honesty. I think it's really, um, it, it's such a valuable insight. Um, so we, we've talked, um, touched briefly um, about the five voices. I was just wondering if you'd mind, if you'd mind talking a little bit more about that. And also why um, has that formed such a central part of what you do now? We might start with Rob. Thanks, Matt. So we've done, probably between us, we've done every assessment you could possibly do in the last 30 years. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And the frame of reference that, you know, Mike and I serve our clients with is we're looking for ways for them to become more effective in their leadership, yeah, their personal leadership, their team leadership, and their organizational leadership. Yeah, wow. And so we're consistently looking for something that we think is, is useful for busy executives to be able to build into their build into their organizational culture. So we're looking for ways to help people embed mindsets and skill sets quickly. So some time ago, I was listening to a podcast and the person being interviewed by Donald Miller was Steve Cochran. And I thought, gosh, he resonates with what I'm saying. I look him up and I follow the rabbit trail. I find this website that he's part of called Giant Worldwide. I do this assessment called the Five Voices Leadership Assessment, which is a smartened down version of Myers-Briggs. So it takes the 16 type indicators and turns them into five voices. And the voices are, I won't steal all the mics thunder, the voices are in volume order and uh, they, the nurturer is the quietest or the least forceful, the creative, the, the guardian, the connector and the pioneer. And uh, they have characteristics and contributions that they bring to a team. They have underbellies and vulnerabilities. We call them weapons. And then what happens is on the other side of that, using the voice assessment as as an amplifier, we then take teams through the 60 giant tools for team transformation and organizational development and our own IP as well. And we help people shape healthy leadership cultures. Now, as I said, I didn't want to take everything uh, from Mike there. So 
what would you add, my friend? What would you? Uh, what would you? Well, that uh, was a very good uh, great summary of it. I will say to give you an example of how this plays out. So uh, we worked with a lot of different organisations, including um, schools and uh, and staff teams. And one of the common experiences that we see is that someone will take the assessment. Now, again, there's plenty of assessments. You can take an assessment. It's yeah. what you do next with it. And so, what we love about this is that first of all, this is a a mirror and a window. That's the metaphor we use. It's a mirror of insight on, ah, okay, gosh, now I know why people are frustrated by me, or now I know um, my strengths. Uh, now I know the, the, the people that I'm most likely going to clash with, but it's also a window of insight into them. And often we have had, you know, principals or senior staff and managers have massive ahas. I can't count the number of times I've had someone take me aside and say, wow, okay, that was um, wow. That was a little bit of a wake-up call. It's challenging, but I also feel really encouraged. I feel like I've got a pathway forwards because we take them through what we call the leadership insights, which is an opportunity for them to reflect on specific practical actions that they can implement immediately. And then we lead them into, as Rowan talked about, these 60-plus visual tools that we have. And we'll introduce them to something like the support challenge matrix, which wow. we referred to at the beginning of the show, that now that you know your tendencies and you know what it's like to be on the other side of you, how do you lead others? How do you develop your staff? How do you develop your team? And we show them step-by-step step how to bring support, how to bring challenge. Wow. Uh, if, you, if you know what your tendency is under stress or under pressure, then you can interrupt that pattern. And here's some practical things you can do to actually make sure you don't walk down a path that's going to cause, um, you know, disappointment or destruction for others. And so it becomes very, very powerful. Rowan, what do you think some of the mistakes are that leaders make? I mean, we've talked a little bit about self-awareness and the importance of understanding your strengths and also what it's like to be on the other side of you. Um, but what do you think some of the other, the other mistakes are that leaders make? Look, I, I mean, I think some are more impactful than others. Yeah. And um, I think the idea of, and this has probably grown in me over time, Matt, that the idea of self-awareness and personal responsibility, yeah. I think are absolutely fundamental for leadership. In fact, I'd go as far to say, if you're not prepared to be a student of what's it like to be on the other side of you and a student of taking responsibility for how people experience you, absolutely. you give up, you forfeit the privilege and the right of leading. I really, you know, I've, I've got a strong conviction about that. And I've lived both sides of those 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 coins. I've seen the the benefits of what it's like to be uh, led by me, and I've seen the uh, the challenges. So, in addition to, I think self awareness and personal responsibility, I think leaders need to be willing to grow and change. It's really really important. Bennis and Anna said in the '90s, another book I read that impacted my life, their book Leaders. Strategies for taking charge. I quote this all the time. The difference that separates a good leader from a great leader is the ability to learn new skills. Rowan, I'm just interested, uh, just to um, change tack slightly, uh, what are you currently doing to help grow your own leadership capacity and what does, your, um, what does that process look like for you? Well, I use a phrase that I learned when I started my career as a high school teacher, which is, it's amazing what you learn when you teach. Yeah. And uh, that, would, that would make sense. Uh, that was in the staff room of the school that I, uh, I started in. And it's never been truer because we're teaching our own IP. We're learning, yeah. Yeah. What, uh, we're learning what leadership development looks like. 
in, an, an, in a hybrid world. We're navigating how people feel about all of those different things. So we're yep. not just learning to be expert at technology. We're learning to be, you know, we're, we're driving our own pedagogy. We're looking for different ways to be more effective, but we're also trying to learn new and more things for us to be able to teach. So yep. that's a big stretch. Now, the specific area for me is I've hired a book coach and I'm about halfway through uh, my book that I have literally spent a decade avoiding, and um, in terms of the writing coach, sorry, sorry yeah, it's a yeah. it's a writing coach. Yeah, he's here. he's, he's uh, holding me to account to get my first book out of the way, which is um, I'm very clear on on what that is. It's going to have mo- it's likely going to have a, a workbook attached to it, and 52 videos and various things like that, and um, so yeah. that's the big stretch for me to 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 actually uh, take the um, you know, be okay with the fact that not everybody's going to love what I think and love what I write. And uh, that's what I've been avoiding for 10 years, but, you know, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm leaning into that and I'm actually really enjoying it uh, a lot. So that's the big one for me. Wow. And, and Rowan, how important is having that accountability for you um, to make sure that there's someone there that's going to ask you those hard questions? Does that help? For me, it's essential. And do you know, the other thing that's really important, I paid him, I paid him cash real real dollars i didn't i didn't yeah i didn't pay him macca's vouchers i didn't pay him any i i paid him real money and and it's it's something that uh i'm really hoping will uh will challenge me uh mm-hmm. and also um move us uh you know move me and us as a, as a as a business into that just that next stage of being known fantastic Rowan. I, I can't wait and maybe i'll be the person that buys the eight copies and puts them on my bookshelf to give out to uh, budding leaders when they come into my office. So I can't wait to get a copy of that. Sounds great. (laughs) Um, Mike, what about yourself? What are some of the things that you are doing to develop yourself as a leader and to continue to push yourself? Mm, It's a a great question. Uh, One of the things that I'm trying to be quite intentional about, and we do this with our uh, clients that we coach, is encourage them to do this. That is daily reflection. Amazing, yeah. Now, it's easy to say. It's hard to do. Absolutely. It's hard to be consistent with it. Now, Harvard did a research study that actually showed that if you do 15 minutes daily reflection, that even within the course of two to three weeks, you can have, you know, 20 to 30% improvement in your quality of uh, work and leadership. Yeah. Now, I don't know too many people that literally do 15 minutes at the end of each day. So I, I love the concept of micro habits. Yeah. Wow. So I'll say, all right, 60 seconds to reflect and I almost do five minutes or more. But I will literally just say to myself at the end of the day, okay, let's do a scan back through the day. And literally in my mind, I just scan through the day. What happened today? Who did I interact with? And it's amazing how all of a sudden I'll go, oh, when I had that phone call with that person, I think I could have said that differently. Or I think I could have asked a better question. Note to self, remember that for next time. Yeah. And if you reflect on that and you put that into practice, the, the, the cumulative or the compounding impact of doing those, uh, you know, putting those reflections into practice means you will dramatically grow. And it's exciting because you've, you've just given yourself hope. Yeah. And, and if you make sure, and I have a, a growth um, mindset, I believe, which is if I, if I see something that I did wrong, yeah, like anyone, I feel bad and I can beat myself up a little bit, but I've learned to go, it's okay. If, if I take action and I grow, that's a really good thing. And it's a good thing when you realize, oh, wow, I could have done that better. Now I'm going to make a change. Wow. 
And that's going to, again, benefit me. It will also benefit those that I interact with. So it's a win-win. That's so important, Mike. And what would be um, an example of some of those questions that you might ask yourself? I mean, you talked about, uh, would you say things like, how could I have done this better? How could I have shown? What would be some of the examples of questions that you'd ask yourself each day? Well, it's, it's not so much a whole bunch of questions, but they do emerge. It's more just the practice of just reflecting, scanning back through the day and saying what happened. And I like to ask two questions and we, we do this when we work with organizations, which is, you know, what could I tweak? Mm, really. What really needs to change? Yeah. And what do I want to celebrate? Yeah. I think if you can... Uh, be thinking about, hey, what do I want to repeat? You know, what was good? It's the old, you know, one minute manager, catch someone do, doing something right. Yeah. And, you know, highlight that and, and, and cheer that on because people repeat what gets celebrated. So true. Someone said that, I forget who said that, but uh, it's a great phrase yeah. and it wasn't me. So, so you've got to do that to yourself. You've got to say, you know what, when this happened and when you did this, when I led that staff meeting or when I, you know, was in that performance review meeting, hey, that was a great moment. Yeah. Do that again. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's encouraging. But the other two components is what do I need to change? Sometimes it is literally, I need to change the way I'm managing my day, my schedule, because it's, you know, I'm not giving enough of a gap between meetings and I'm becoming exhausted. People repeat things like Groundhog Day over and over and over again, because they don't slow down enough to go, how could I do that differently? Yeah. And so if you say, oh, at the end of my meeting, I'm always going to have a 10 minute gap or a margin between the next meeting get a breather, get some water, get some sunlight, come back in and the next person gets my best. Now that's a practical example of how reflection could help you change something. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a little tweak. It's just, yeah. I could say that different. I could make my question shorter. You know, I gave them five questions in the one question. Wow. I can, you yeah. know, little things, but that brings dramatic improvement. It, that's so important. And um, it makes me think of a, a concept called Kaizen, which is a Japanese concept, which is slow incremental improvement each day. Mm. I mean, yep. it doesn't, running a marathon doesn't look like running 42 kilometers uh, in one day. It's incrementally improving and incrementally getting better. And uh, we've just got a few more minutes left, um, gentlemen. And I just wanted to firstly thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. But um, Rowan, where can people find out more about the amazing work uh, that you're involved in? And do you have any uh, closing thoughts? Well, firstly, thank you. I think anybody that's curating a conversation for leaders, uh, we're, we're in for, or, you know, we're into that. That's, that's exactly how um, we, we roll and we get excited about. We, we are really passionate about changing leadership frameworks everywhere. Um, we talk about when we, when we, position ourselves with clients we talk about leaders everywhere because often there's a disproportionate amount of resource spent on the top and you know it's the middle and lower layers that do a lot of the work so we try and talk about how to balance that out and understand subculture leaders and various other things like that so we're super passionate about healthy leadership cultures everywhere uh the best place to find either of us is is linkedin um and uh that's probably my most active business social media platform um, our business four leaders global that we share together is on on there as well uh, fourleadersglobal.com is our our website address and uh, we're both uh, mike at and rowan at fourleadersglobal.com so that's the best place to find us um, i have my own website mike's got his too you'll find that looking for us as well we're on all the socials probably more than we should be <laughs> great mike did you have anything to add to that just as we bring this to a close 
Uh, funnily, yes. I would say if you type in fourleadersglobal.com, make sure it's F-O-R, as in we are four leaders, which is what the whole phrase is about. It's not F four as in there's four of us. Because um, someone said, oh, I can't find it, four leaders. And I'm like, oh, yeah, F-O-R. Yeah. <laughs> so important to say that. But I'll finish by saying, first of all, the fact that you're doing this podcast says that you're for leaders and you're for teachers and you're for the education sector mm -hmm. and for anyone who wants to grow. And as Rose said, we really appreciate that. And thank you. It's been an honor and privilege to be part of the show. And uh, yeah, we're for leaders too, because leaders carry the burden. As we said at the beginning, if we're going to help people up the mountain, we've got to be good. We've got to acclimatize ourselves to the mountain. We've got to do the hard work, grow ourselves, you know, get familiar with climbing that mountain. But then if we're going to help others, sometimes we're, we're carrying someone else's backpack for a while. And sometimes we're, you know, we're challenging them. And that is a big challenge mm -hmm. to be a leader. And that's why we're for leaders. So thank you so much, uh, Matt. Love this conversation today. You're welcome. Uh, thank you so much, Mike and Rowan, and for everything that you're doing uh, to uh, invest into leadership. It, it's so important and it's a, it's a real privilege to, uh, to get to see the work that you're doing. And your uh, podcast is part of my daily walk. Um, I have listened to it time and time again. And every time I wow, listen to an episode, it, it speaks to me in a different way. Uh, and so thank you for what you're doing. And I can't wait to see more of your incredible work. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you. you, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Art of Teaching podcast today. I hope that you, like me, got some valuable insights out of our discussion. For show notes, please visit theartofteachingpodcast.com. I've one favour to ask. If you could please head to the iTunes page of the podcast and rate and review the episode. This would really help to get the interviews and resources to as many people as possible. Also, I've created a private Facebook group so that we can continue the discussion after each episode. The link is in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and until next time. Thank you.